Hello, everyone. Welcome to Side Debate, the podcast where we discuss and debate different perspectives on science controversies. Today, we'll be discussing patient privacy in cancer research. As you may know, the cure for cancer has not been found, and research helps scientists understand cancer better and how to confront this problem. Seems simple, right? Though, the controversy is that this research can violate the personal privacy of a patient. The main question becomes, is the expense of our privacy needed to better the health of the future generations? To discuss this, we have amazing teenagers who are passionate in science. Advocating that there should be patient privacy in cancer research is Sarah Westrick, a high schooler who is passionate about the environment and plans to pursue conservation biology. And advocating that there should not be patient privacy in cancer research is Hiba Sheikh, who is the founder of CBC, Comprehending Breast Cancer. She writes informational blogs to help children understand what breast cancer is and the emotional impacts of cancer. A huge part of my podcast is to simplify terms that teenagers might not understand. So throughout this podcast, I will be defining academic terms that relate to our discussion. So first question goes to Sarah. Why should there be patient privacy in cancer research? All right, so I think there should be patient privacy in cancer research. Um, Privacy is different to everyone, but there's a basic understanding as to how privacy can be violated. In cancer research, patients' privacy is constantly violated because people are studying their body and cells to try to understand and make sense of how their terminal illness came to be and how it is affecting them. All of the extensive testing and treatment is already difficult for a patient to undergo, whether that's chemotherapy or radiation or even surgery. And so to have someone poking and prodding at them for more information is seen as a violation of their privacy. After all, the answers are from within their body and everyone should have the right to privacy of their own body. If they really wanted to help a researcher out, if they were willing to provide answers, then that is up to them. They should have the choice to, they should get to decide who gets to know all of the details of their situation. And the question to you, Heba, is why should there not be patient privacy in cancer research? So I think there should not be patient privacy in cancer research because it it then limits doctors' ability to treat others and if other patients are dealing with the same scenario of cancer. So they need those records to see like what they did in the past or like what treatments or cures they um, had. And additionally, not having patient privacy limits doctors access to create effective treatments for the person struggling with cancer. So one example I would use is like with COVID, if the doctors didn't put out stats or anything about COVID rising or um, any treatments that were helping them, then it honestly would have continued to grow COVID and more variants would come. So it's kind of the same thing with cancer. If with more data and um, statistics they have, they can create new treatments, create new cures, buy new diseases, and anything that can help them. And honestly, yes, it is an invasion of privacy, but sometimes those invasions of privacy can honestly help the world. So kind of a follow-up to that is like, um, do you think that every medical record should be used? Having access to um, medical records like all the time would be very helpful for everybody. And honestly, it would be most helpful for people in the medical profession for cancer.
um, because it, it allows them to see it and view it multiple times to see if those things come up often, if it's a trend, if it's a pattern. And if we don't have that data, then they can't create charts, they can't create plans, they can't create, they can't even come up with like a future thing of like, oh, this is what our world's gonna look like with COVID or without COVID or with cancer and without cancer, like it's decreasing. So if you have access to, if we have access to like everyone's medical records, then I think it'll really help us understand patterns and trends that are happening globally and also in our community. So Sarah, Hiba discussed why these medical records need to be shared. Do you agree or do you believe that we should not trust the people that have this information and end up attaining it as well? Um, we shouldn't trust people with um, that kind of information because the information that doctors use and researchers co collect could be exploited in many ways and it may ruin the trust between the doctor or the healthcare provider and the patient. Take biological samples, for instance. If a researcher got their hands on that kind of information, um, like the one, the very personal one, who you like, you can figure out who someone is if you like know how to like, read the samples. I guess um, if they got their, if a researcher got their hands on that kind of information, and soon the general public had access, that could end terribly for the patient that the information relates to. People could figure out who samples were used in certain situations and could make life very difficult for them. I'm going to interrupt. But I have a question. So <laughs> if you keep saying that, like, it's important to their privacy, yeah. And mm -hmm. but like, what if their medical records help somebody else? Like, would you want to be like, what if you're cured with cancer? Like, right, you, mm -hmm. you're, you got cured with the treatment mm -hmm. stuff, with chemotherapy. Would mm -hmm. you want to help someone else with your medical records so they know what to do or would you just want to keep that private and not like do anything with it because if you're confiding confiding to only keeping it to yourself then there's no point in like like being or helping the world so like if everyone keeps their personal medical records private then how do we see trends how do we see data how do we grow as a medical community how does that even work Okay, well, I think that um, with patient privacy, all it really does is um, prevent the patient, like the specific patient and their situation. I think that the doctors could probably use the data they collect as like kind of a general, like, um, ooh, like they can, like you said earlier, I think they could probably track patterns and stuff, but keep that kind of anonymous, you know? Like they could say, oh, well, this data was from a collection of patients. And so I think that they could so probably- Finish your sentence, go ahead. Okay, um, so I think they could probably like use a collection of data if it remains anonymous, which could protect patient privacy. So, so do you think age would also be counted as like something anonymous plus the name? Um, I think so, yeah. But then that kind of limits the the data because if you don't have the age of a person, then mm -hmm. you're limiting the data for like, oh, this is data for 10-year-olds. This is data for 20-year-olds. So nobody on the internet or nobody in the medical community can say like, oh, we don't even know how old this person was, if she was 15, if she was 20, if she was 60. So it kind of is just useless then if you don't have the age 
or the name yes I understand the name but the yeah. age you're saying is also private but if you don't have the age then you can't really see patterns and trends which limits that which limits like the world from growing so okay I think that the age doesn't really I think it's a good thing to have. I also think it probably isn't very necessary for um, collecting that kind of data because um, honestly, I feel like with um, like the research that the doctors do and like the data they collect, it kind of, it can show the trends for all ages, like for the specific like condition or cancer that the patients all share. Okay, that was great to know. Okay. And Sarah, um, why are consent, consent forms informs important? Okay, I think consent forms are super important because it's ensuring that a patient is willing to do whatever is asked of them, whether that be a form of treatment, a certain test, or any other type of procedure a patient will undergo. Patients should have the right to deny anything asked of them, and they should also be able to specify what exactly they're comfortable with, and I feel like consent forms um, provide them that opportunity. And my next question involves HeLa cells, and the HeLa cells are like derived for cancer research, and they kind of, they were really special because they were the first immortal human cells ever grown in culture. And they were essential to developing the polio vaccine. So my question to Hiba is, do you think that the use of HeLa cells were just? I think that it is not just because HeLa cells need like privacy and informed consent, which would kind of go against my point of view, sorry. But like, um, you do need privacy and consent for with HeLa cells, like when you release that. So I think it is important, but at the same time, it's not because um, we do need that information for medical doctors in order to grow and to continue research. Because if we don't have that information about HeLa cells, then what more can we learn about it if we don't have real life data? Why was the use of HeLa cells unjust? Okay, so the use of HeLa cells was unjust because the cells were obtained without Henrietta Lack's consent. And Henrietta Lack is the person that um, the cells um, originally came from. Um, so she actually gave consent to whatever procedures the doctors deemed necessary, but she went uninformed of which ones those would actually be and why they would be done. It also angers me that the hospital was seen in such a positive light after their contribution of her cells to research. Um, it's just, I, it's just unjust because um, they used cells that they shouldn't have had. So the next question is for you, and it involves um, HIPAA, I think that's how you pronounce it. And so HIPAA is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. And this kind of requires physicians to protect patients' electronically stored protected health information. And it's it has safeguards and it's the security of this information. So um, it's like a national rule. And again, it's about protected health information. 
And do you agree with HIPAA in regards to cancer research and why? I do agree with HIPAA when it comes to cancer research because it provides a lot of benefits for the patient involved. Um, HIPAA works solely to protect the patient privacy. It actually gives patients access to their own files and medical records, which is very, very beneficial for a, a patient to, under, to better understand their medical history. HIPAA prevents certain uses and disclosures of personal information, which is in the best interest of a patient. Failure to comply with HIPAA could result in jail time and really expensive fines. I think a very interesting part of HIPAA is that if there was some sort of security breach, the patients would know about it within 60 days so that they can take caution of a random person with most likely ill intentions. So you guys kind of a little had a discussion about this, like, you know, age, how does age affect the research? So similar to that, how does race, sex, and ethnicity affect the research? And this is to Hiba. Um, race and ethnicity can affect the research because with different races and ethnicities, there are different um, kind of like consequences. So like, um, especially within families, if there's more of a, heavily I would I don't want to call anybody out but like there's a more heavily race um that has more genetics than it gets transferred to the younger generation which then can cause medical problems and other problems in the future so it does play a role in cancer research because all parts of your body of your physical health and mental health all show in those aspects and when you do get diagnosed with cancer race and ethnicity kind of is shown through like genetics and stuff. So it's important to know that. And I think it's important for medical professionals to know what your race and ethnicity is. So if it's on a certain chart with like, oh, um, Mexicans are getting more COVID because of blah, blah, blah. Or Mexicans are getting more diagnosed with cancer because of their ethnicity. So having different people with different cultural backgrounds kind of shows where medical professions need to focus their help on. Do you think um, certain races or sexes or ethnicities, um, do they get certain things more? I haven't done a lot of research with race and ethnicity, but I know with sex, definitely mix and fe uh, male and female. I know that there are certain diseases that only males can get and females can get, and mm -hmm. it can cause like medical factors and um, diseases. So um like with cancer, like specifically breast cancer, the one that I'm working on with um, in my blog is that it's mostly pertained to older women in, in their ages from 20 to 60. And that's mm -hmm. only pertained to them. So in a similar question to Sarah, like she says, it, it does, you know, affect the research. Do you think it affects the research or do you think it's unnecessary? Um, I believe information regarding race, sex, ethnicity, I think it's unnecessary, but it could be helpful for clarity purposes. Um, I kind of don't agree with this question because I feel like it would be included regardless. And I think that in some cases it wouldn't matter even if the information was excluded. I'm not sure though, because technically many facts used by doctors and professionals are taken from a majority, I think. So even if that stuff was included, I think it would just add to a majority poll type thing. And my next question is to you as well, and it refers about Health 2.0. So if you guys don't know, Health 2.0 is, it's kind of about like, you know, the social media or internet 
and you know as you said like people look up oh I have this I have this what do you guys think you know I think a lot of people on TikTok as well an example is that they're asking questions to like to other uh to people on social media what about this what about this all regarding medical research and all this and medical records what do you think about that do you think it's dangerous Uh, I I try not to rant. I really do. But Health 2.0 makes me kind of angry. Like, who thought that was a good idea? First off, what happens to standard medical practice? How are people going to get tests done if things are strictly online? Uh, which Health 2.0 is like online. It's like a network of apps related to healthcare stuff. Anyway, so um, will there even still be medical standard medical practice? it's kind of a low bar, you know, a very relaxed standard. It's really not all that impressive when it's like, oh, you should talk to your doctors more. Like, I would hope you talk to them. They're kind of important. And, um, but yeah, social networking in the medical industry should not be a thing. I, um, medical records should be kept private and Health 2.0 is promoting the exact opposite. They think it'll help people bond and make a community out of people asking for medical assistance. Um, sorry. sorry, I don't mean to stop you, but um, okay. there's two things. I agree with, yes, you are bonding with strangers. The doctor is just there to help you. And mm -hmm. um, yes, the doctor, if it's like a family member, you're obviously gonna bond. But if it's just a regular patient, you don't have any reason to bond with the person besides mm -hmm. to help them to treatment, treat them, diagnose them, and to get them out of the hospital as fast as they can because they don't obviously want to be there. They're just there <laughs> under medical yeah. condition. So yes, I agree with that. The other thing though, I don't agree with because I think you said that patient privacy and general files should not be to the public. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that because I think Patient privacy um, should be violated in this case because although you're not bonding with a stranger, you're allowing the doctor and the patient have this mutual respect that like, hey, I'm helping you, you're helping me. And it kind of gives that mutual respect with consent that, you know, like you're like giving them the ability to use your records for people other in the hospital. Doesn't mean you have to have a bond with them. Doesn't mean you have to help them in some way. You're just using their files to help the other people in the hospital in the world. And if you want to make this even more specific, we can just narrow it down to just doctors are using this or in a specific mm -hmm. area are just using this. Um, but I think it should be let out to the public, at least, at least to doctors to know like, hey, you know, this is what this person's going through. Has anyone else experienced this? Because with those experiences and backgrounds of other patients that doctors are using, then it will help them grow and learn from each other between peers and other people. So, yeah. Okay, so by that, do you mean um, doctors should share with other doctors about their patients? Um, yes, if, the, if it's directly relating to cancer research, because that's an ongoing mm -hmm. process. Other okay. diseases we're not going to get into today, but that's their choice. Um, but specifically for cancer, since it is an ongoing disease that still has not found a treatment for a long time, it's important to document those changes in progress. Because if we don't document the changes or have them like in a system, then we don't know our progress over the years. So someone from like 2040 is not going to be able to, oh, what was the cure for cancer? Well, we don't know because that one person who found out the cure for cancer didn't document it. Um. Can, can having no patient privacy be damaging to the patient and healthcare provider's relationship? Having not patient privacy? 
yeah, like no patient privacy, you know, is it damaging to like the healthcare provider's relationship, like a doctor and a nurse? Um, I don't think it's damaging, but it definitely gives them a little bit more insight of what the patient's going through, what medical records they've had in the past, what's been going on. So it doesn't damage them. It actually helps them um, become more aware of family diseases, things that are going through with them personally. And especially with cancer, if cancer was a big genetic thing in their family, new chemotherapy treatments, new medicines, and it actually lets them bond a little more over like, you know, let me do my job correctly and get you where you need to be. So I think that's also very important. And then Sarah, do you think like it's, it's, um, it can, patient privacy can strengthen the relationship? I believe it can strengthen that. Um, patient privacy leads to stronger trust between a patient and a healthcare provider. Uh, many benefits come with more trust between a patient and a healthcare provider. A patient will be more inclined to share more personal details if they're ensured that it won't be told to anyone else or disclosed without their permission. Do you believe that IR, IRB are in position for the better and why? And before you answer, I'm just going to give a quick explanation what the IRB is. So for all the viewers, the IRB is an institutional review board, and it's also known as the Independent Ethics Community. So what they do is they apply research ethics by reviewing the methods proposed for research to ensure they're ethical. So what they do is they honestly review the clinical trials and see, oh, is this an ethical way to do it? And go ahead, Sarah. Okay, I do think that the IRB are in position for the better because they ensure that research done on a human is ethical and ultimately safe. Um, if the IRB deems it necessary, they can force the researchers to protect the identities of the subjects, which I think is kind of cool and important. Um, they also make sure that the choosing of human subjects is fair and impartial. So Heba, what do you think is the bottom line for why do the cons outweigh the pros? I think the cons weigh out the pros because it's more important to um, help other people, but also yourself as well. So the con of patient privacy is very important. Um, it protects patients' personal information to stay in their possession um, and for them to decide when to use it and when to share it. But on the con side, I disagree with this reason because it limits the rest of the medical world to be, to be using and to only understand what cancer research is through the medical records they previously owned. So with new records in the world, the medical world is advancing, the use of new cancer research and medical files are becoming more important and will be used effectively towards other patients and doctors. Yes, it is, the pros are important as well, but helping the world and yourself is, um, is very important. So yeah, I think the cons weigh out the pros a lot. And to Sarah, what do you think is the bottom line? Why the pros outweigh the cons? All right, okay. So I believe that the pros of patient privacy outweigh the cons because there are more pros than there are cons. And I think the 
pros are more important. Um, I think the quality of care is going to differ either way, as in if there was privacy, patient privacy or not. Uh, I also believe that um, a con is the lack of progress in research. Um, although that being said, I think without the guarantee of a patient's identity remaining private, they would not willingly participate in research. Patient privacy protects a patient from many dangers. It keeps people from using their information for their own personal gain, and it prevents outsiders from causing them distress. And just like your advice, what can teens do? Oh, I said teens can educate themselves about cancer research. This can be done by researching, joining new informational law, blogs, or listening to podcasts. And same question to you, Sarah. I believe that teens can spread a lot of awareness about the importance of patient privacy. I think teens are able to learn and research about some of the stuff we covered today to inform themselves about the topic. Thank you guys for listening and to my amazing guests. Stay tuned.